most people there probably haven't heard of Dubai. Let's just say it that way. Like, so I'm there at the Christmas party and they're like, Jesse, you're like, what's coming up? What are you doing? What are you up to? And that's like the thing that I have to talk about, you know? And they're just like, they don't know what ultimate frisbee is. They don't know where Dubai is. They don't understand. And I'm just like, oh no, this is, yeah, <laughs> this is my life. <laughs> Do this thing, this sport that no one understands in a place no one's ever heard of. Hello and welcome to the Raleigh Fulton Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Mead. We're here to connect you with the players and personalities of North Carolina semi-professional Ultimate Frisbee. We're excited to get rolling finally with the Premier Ultimate League. They've finally announced their kind of shortened season. Um, this year, they'll be doing the 2021 PUL Championship Series, where clusters of three professional women's teams will be playing together. Not looking like they'll have a championship event this year, but this year, the Raleigh Radiance will be competing against the DC Shadow and the New York Gridlock. Um, in New York um, on August 14th and 15th. So all the games will be live streamed, so we'll have a chance to at least watch them live for those who don't want to drive down to New York to watch the game. But on the note, we wanted to get started with coverage and getting to know the team itself for this year, um, even if it's only shortened season. So today we'll be talking to North Carolina Triangle women's legend Jesse Jones. Jesse started playing here in 2008 for North Carolina State University's Yega. Kind of her biggest thing that she's long time been playing with our local women's elite team, the Raleigh Phoenix, which started in 2010, and she's now on her 12th season with them. Of course, she has been playing for the Raleigh Radiance and kind of been one of the organizing kind of hub players for them since their inception in 2018 and then their inclusion in the Premier Ultimate League in 2019. Uh, even beyond that, she was the first female who was rostered and played in a game in the AUDL, um, which happened back in 2015 and on, of course, the Raleigh Flyers. Uh, internationally, she's won gold medals with the U.S. Women's U23 and Beach Worlds teams in Toronto in 2013 with the U23 team and then in 2015 with the Beach Worlds team, as well as being uh, a well-known coach of the area, especially for the UNC Pleiades uh, women's team. Jesse is, like I said, our first interview with a player from the Raleigh Radiance, so we're excited to start to get to know the players on that team. Uh, she's been a well-known handler from the area for a long time, hashtag Jesse Bombs, uh, and is known for her fiery red hair and big throws. And so between her play locally, internationally, and the coaching she's had, she's made a huge impact on the women's scene here in the Triangle. So uh, we hope you enjoy. Uh, she's very well-spoken, and uh, I really enjoyed this interview. So uh, without further ado, Miss Jesse Jones. All right. Today, we're going to be talking to Jesse Jones of the Raleigh Radiance. How's it going, Jesse? Doing pretty good today. Just got back from the pool, actually. <laughs> oh, I love summer. So good. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll start with the same space we always do. So first question up, uh, what's your story? Who is Jesse Jones? My story. Uh, I've lived in North Carolina my whole life. Um, no no plans to change that in, in the near or far future. Um, actually. Moved to Johnston County when I was five. And I, I think we have something in common there. Uh, I went to West Johnston High School. That's wild. I teach there. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, it was kind of a new school when I went there. Um, my brother was, he actually transferred there mid high school, went there for four years, had never seen or heard of Ultimate Frisbee in my high school life, uh, except. Maybe by my senior year, I think my brother was at NC State and every now and then I was cool enough to go hang out with him on like a Friday night and play pickup ultimate with his like, uh, what was the, it was like a church group on campus. So he'd let me like join them. Um, but that was like intro to ultimate where no one knew how to throw a flick and there were like 20 versus 20 on the field at any given time. So were you doing other sports though, or what, what did you do in high school? What was your thing? Yeah, high school, I played volleyball in the fall and softball in the spring, but volleyball was just kind of like to fill the space of the fall. Softball was the the summer sport, the club sport, the the main focus of life, you know, like you're going to do this in college, you got to get a scholarship, like this is all you can do, which is all of the reasons why I didn't want to do it anymore when I graduated high school. So yeah, I had uh, some opportunities to go to like smaller schools, scholarships or like offers or whatever. And that was everything I didn't want to do was keep playing softball and, or go to a college the size of, or smaller than my high school. There's like the big two no's in what I wanted out of college life. Uh, so I went to NC state, uh, and still remember the day I was on like the brickyard at state and they had like all the club teams out with their tables, you know, recruiting. And I literally called my mom and I was like, 
do I go to the softball table? Like, I really don't want to, but like, I don't know what else to do with my life. And, uh, and it was like the softball table or like this weird other thing my brother had sort of introduced me to ultimate Frisbee. And so looking back now, quite a few years in the future, I'm like, dang, pretty glad I uh, picked the ultimate Frisbee table. But yeah, that was, that's like, gets me through to college. Then I feel like my life has been only a few things since college and that's work ultimate and uh family and I guess I guess I picked up a few pets since then where do you work what do you do what did you oh, graduate yeah in? my degree that's probably why I didn't talk about it is because I haven't done anything with it uh <laughs> I ended up getting a degree in aerospace engineering which sounds super fancy it was difficult and I spent four years getting this degree with a bunch of people who were like super passionate about airplanes and aerospace engineering and engineering and like Boeing and all this stuff. And, and I was like, nice, that is super cool for you. I am happy to graduate and be done with this. And they all went on to like their big fancy jobs. And I did not want to leave uh, North Carolina again, pretty stuck to this place. And there aren't a ton of opportunities for that type of job here anyway. Uh, so my senior year at state, the second semester is like winding down, only had like a few credit hours worth of classes, obviously mostly focusing on Frisbee at that point. I just picked up like a part-time job internship thing with this company called Personify. And literally it was just like, I wanted some cash on the side and something to do with my time, right? And then by the time I was graduating that spring, like I loved them, they loved me and they were like, hey, we don't know how you quite fit into this like company. So they're a recruiting firm like job recruiter, executive search, that kind of thing. All those words sort of meant nothing to me back then, had no idea. But they they wanted me to stay and I was pretty happy there. And they were like a super awesome place to work for and cool people. And I'm like, okay, sure, I'll stick around. And uh, what year, I graduated in 2012 and it's 2021 now and I'm still there. <laughs> so you could say it worked out okay. So what do you do within Personify? What's the thing? <laughs> so I'm actually, at this point, my job is, grown over the what nine and a half years since being an intern when I started there gosh it was just like database managementy stuff um, and at this point I officially finished my lean six sigma black belt certification last summer and yeah I was I was super proud there are like few career accomplishments that's pretty much like the, the top of the list honestly besides getting my degree that that comes next it was a lot of hard work and I, I had like this boss lady come on and like two years ago and really like mentor me up to be ready for that so we me and her in our like 80 person company are the quality team so we drive process improvement across the org um, implementations with customers all of that and it's at this point I like super love what I'm doing and I like super love the people that I do it with so big fan of personify follow us on instagram <laughs> got it we'll make sure we we put that at the top of the pot <laughs> yeah they'll love it <laughs> so when you're not doing personify and you're not doing frisbee where's family who are your dog who are your pets what's the rest of life look like <laughs> yeah well the pandemic year was nice to get to spend more time with my family pretty much anyone that plays frisbee knows those kinds of things i uh, get I don't know, push to the side sounds bad, but that's essentially what happens. They know they're still important to you, but you just get to see them less. Uh, so it was really nice last year. Uh, my parents live 15 minutes down the road. They live next to PNC Arena where the Canes play. It was their pool I was at this morning. Uh, my brother lives 12 minutes away. He lives literally like a quarter mile from Umstead State Park. And we're all super, super close. And my brother is married and has three little boys. So three little boys, three little boys. And the oldest is seven. So I think there's seven. They're going to hate me if I get this wrong. Seven, maybe five and three right now. So they've had just like the life of chaos for the past seven years. <laughs> and you've already taught them how to throw and how to play frisbee, right? I try. I honestly working with that age is just not my strong suit. Uh, the focus doesn't exist at that age. And that's just something I don't really love to work with. I'll, I'll play with them and we pick up a Frisbee, throw it once, and then we're on to the next thing. So that's about <laughs> as much as I've taught them. 
That's awesome. Who are your pets? Yeah, this is the the love of my life. My two cats, uh, Smokey and Holly. They're like eight and seven-ish years old at this point. Can't believe that. And then just like also the rest of the world, I picked up a pandemic pup last year. Super happy. Tucker is his name and he's an Aussie doodle. So he's half Australian shepherd, half poodle. Also, everyone in the world has a doodle these days. So I fit right in with that crowd. <laughs> so how big Australian shepherd slash like what size is this dog going to be by the time he's old? I think he, he just turned a year in uh, May. And so I think he's just about full grown. He's 50 pounds right now. Okay. His, okay. his mom was like, his mom was the Aussie and she was about 40 pounds and his dad was a standard poodle and he was about 70. So he, that's what they told me. They're like, he could be anywhere from 40 to 70. And I think he's pretty much maxed out at like the 50 mark right now. What? I think any way he gains at this point will be um, chub, not actual size. <laughs> Uh, is he, oh, he's, of course, he hasn't really been out to Frisbee games yet. So we'll set, you have to figure out my dog does not do well because he wants to chase all the Frisbees. So he's not good enough to like come hang out at games. And some of the, you know, some people have the dogs that can just sit on the sideline and like chill out. Is that going to be Tucker or is Tucker going to, no, there's no way. Well, Tucker's been coming to uh, UNC practices basically all spring. Um, but again, still like very much a crazy wild puppy. So when we're not playing he's he lets he's allowed to get off his leash you know but in those moments it's like just 100 100 full sprinting around the field and he'll go pick up like i have some good videos of him like picking up cones at pleadies practice and just like running around with them he held the cone on his face it was like one of those flat cones like so it covered his eyes and i, I caught the video of him just smashing into parker's leg at practice because he couldn't see where he was just full speed sprinting but then like at first when I brought him out there and I like I had to tie him up or hold him on his leash and people were running around playing, he did bark a ton. But the good news is this week he came out to Fours League and uh, tied him to the pole when we started playing and he did not make a peep the entire time. So we're growing up. He's like adjusting. You have to, he has to like get used to like, oh, okay, this is normal, right? This is just Frisbee. It, it could be that, or it could be the fact that it's like 90 degrees now. And as soon as we go outside, he's just like, I don't want to be, <laughs> take me back to the air conditioner. Moving on to ultimate. <laughs> so you make this decision, uh, you, you picked the right booth at, at NC state and you started 2008. So what was the team like in college? It was, was it still called Yega or what, what was your experience like for, for college ultimate? Yeah, it was Yega back then. It was good. I think we, um, we were never like a top tier team in the region. And so like my days of college, it was sort of our, our focus was to qualify for regionals and do as well as we could. And so that was like the mentality I had existed in, in the college realm. Did you make regionals every year? Yes. But I, I think the highest we ever placed at regionals was, I'm probably wrong about this, but it was like fifth or sixth. And so that was like, to be in like the top half of the field was a, a big win, but never, it was never on the radar to like win it or qualify for nationals. Like those weren't even really in the frame of what we were looking at gotcha so then what when did you then transition to club because obviously there's no women's pro ultimate scene at the time in 2012 <laughs> right 2012 is the year I graduated college so let's see I started college fall of 2008 so summer 2009 would have been my first like go at club ultimate and I played with a like a b-level mixed team uh, in the triangle. So back then there was like Olio was the name of the, the top dog mixed team in the triangle. And they had like combined tryouts. And basically if you like didn't make Olio, uh, you were kind of in the tryout pool for flight, the second team. And they had one of the coolest logos of all time, but I played on that. And like, everyone was older than me. It was kind of that, like, I don't know, adult team versus a lot of the teams like club teams these days have a lot more college kids this team did not have a lot of college kids but it was super fun and I learned a ton and got to play a ton and, and was expected to be one of those like young bucks that ran around all the time um which I think is a really good experience for anyone but that was my the year after my freshman year summer of 2009 and then summer of 2010 is the first year that Phoenix existed like that team started that summer and somehow made my way onto that team as coming off of my sophomore season in college. And that is where I've been since then. Who else was on the team that year? 
Oh man, uh, some epic legends of like triangle women's ultimate. Um, I remember the three captains that started the team, Lindsay Hack, who's just like a triangle legend, especially in growing the youth program around here. Leela Tanell, who like, I don't know, in my head, like nothing else needs to be said. You just say that name, but I bet a lot of people don't actually know who she is. It was really cool. Leela, uh, presented the Callahan award to Anne Worth and like tears now tears then that was that was super cool to me that's like the two like reaches of my experience like coming together Leela Tanell was like she won Callahan with UNC mm-hmm. and then also played a ton of yeah def- definitely a legend period yeah she, yeah she was amazing then and I've seen her play recently and is still amazing and then Kate Foster who was just like maybe like the spunkiest human I've ever met in my life was the third captain and like third originator of Phoenix. And which is super fun because I get to play in masters nationals with Kate Foster this summer with the triangle women's team, ripe. So that that'll be full circle. (laughs) All right. So Phoenix starts. And so like, what was that team? Like, what was kind of like the women's club scene kind of through the early 2010s. And then also if you want to talk about getting to play with the U23 Worlds team uh, in 2013 and maybe 2015. Yeah, Phoenix was super fun and we were really good. I think we made, Simi's was the best finish that Phoenix had has ever had. And it was in one of those first three years, I believe. I can't remember the actual year. Yeah, so it might've been 2013 when we made Simi's or I don't know, but because 2013 was the year of U23 Worlds. That was the first year of that entire like, division I guess of worlds and before it turned to U24 and yeah there was four of us on Phoenix back then that played on that world team Shelly Cohen Lisa Cooper Claire Chastain and myself and I, I sure hope I'm not missing anyone but I think that was it which is crazy because if you like look at the careers of those well we'll say those other three players since then like what a freaking crew. Like they all have gone on to do ridiculous thing. If not win the world multiple times since then, if they haven't done that, they've won club nationals. So of that group of three. So they were pretty good little squad <laughs> to be a part of. And then, so that was 2013. We went to U23 Worlds, which that Worlds team like set the tone for me for what, like what an awesome Frisbee experience could be, right? Like in our reality, like that was a team of 20 something strangers to me. Like I I wasn't deep into like the nationals level college ultimate programs. Like I hadn't played against these like ladies before, hadn't met them before. But then after two weeks of like training camp and then a tournament together, I was like, wow, I just, I have like 25 new best friends across the country. And then Like all those relationships lasted so long, like have lasted so long. And even a handful of that team got together last weekend in Colorado for like brunch or something, just like randomly visiting each other at the same time. And we won, which is also like kind of a cherry on top of getting to play with awesome people. So yeah, that was that trip. And then 15 was like the next big world's experience for me, Beach Worlds. So I played on the women's USA Beach Worlds team in Dubai of all places, which I remember going to like my my family Christmas party in December before it was the tournament was in March and like going to Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. So if you don't know, it's most people there probably haven't heard of Dubai. Let's just say it that way. So I'm there at the Christmas party and they're like, Jesse, like what's coming up? What are you doing? What are you up to? And that's like the thing that I have to talk about, you know, and there's like they don't know what ultimate frisbee is. They don't know where Dubai is. They don't understand. And I'm just like, oh no, this is, yeah, this is my life. <laughs> Do this thing, this sport that no one understands in a place no one's ever heard of. I love rural North Carolina. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. They do have the best hot dogs in the world. Eastern North Carolina. Any of the podunk spots is best hot dog you can find. But yeah, so the U23 tournament was like meeting a whole new set of best friends. Dubai was like a little bit more like the team was a little bit older than me, like a, a bit of a different vibe, not in a, not in a bad way at all, but just they're like these players from lifelong players from Fury on the team. Right. And I'm just like, oh, my God, what am I doing on a team with you people? Like, how did I get here? I remember that was a crazy trip just because Dubai is so far away and it's a desert. And I remember flying in super late one like the first night I'm there make my way to this like super high-rise hotel thing and we have a game the next morning and I'm out there had barely slept on some other part of the world 
and in the super hot sun. And the first point I played, I walked off the, the sand field and I go under the tent and just instantly was about to pass out, like felt all the blood drain out of my head, everything's starting to go black. And I'm just like, I think I need to sit down. <laughs> and so that was like my welcome to beach worlds moment. I didn't pass out. I did take a knee before all of the blood drained, but that was, that was pretty cool. We saw camels. We, I think I rode a camel, won a bunch of games on the beach, got a gold medal there. What was your role on the team? I'm just curious. Like, what was that? Cause you said you were younger relative to the other people. So did they make younger. you cut? Did they make you play defense? Like what happened there? Yeah. I remember my, I, I thought this was funny. Like this is just was it my role on Phoenix. And somehow this became my role on this like beach world team, like beach being a, a thing I really hadn't done before either. And I, I got like a phone call from the captains before the tournament, I think, to like talk me through it. And it was like, Jesse, we need you to be one of those defenders that takes like those big players on the other team, like the super tall people. Like you're going to be one of those. That's going to be your role, the defender. And then like probably handle in a turn, right? And they're like specifically when we play the the Russian squad, because they've got some pretty big ladies downfield. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. That, I'm totally used to that. Yeah. Which I was not totally used to that, but happy to give it a shot. How tall are you? Five, seven. Yeah. It's not that's, huge. <laughs> that's wild. And then that, that same year you also played, you were the first female rostered in an AUDL game too. Cause you played on, you played, is just one game or how many games for the Flyers that year? Yeah, that was, it was quite a spring. <laughs> I played one game with the Flyers against Nashville at home, but I also, I mean, I practiced with them pretty much through the spring, I guess. I guess the season used to be earlier than this year. But yeah, I got lots of reps with them, but only played the one game. And uh, shout out to Zog for, we had the almost goal and we turned it. So that was, that was sad. That was, would have been like the, the shining moment of that game. <laughs> was he throwing the assist or were you throwing the assist? He was throwing the assist. It's still kind of a, a painful joke because I feel like it, it kind of got thrown. It was like a small little dig cut thing and it kind of got thrown to my back shoulder and I didn't catch it. Obviously I could have caught it, but it could have been a better throw. And it's like, Oh, Zog, we were so close. <laughs> what? I mean, honestly, like what as a female, was it like playing like, or was it, were you just another one of the team? Like, what was that, that season like? Uh, I, I wouldn't say it was immediately like you were just one of the team and not that any, anyone did anything to make it not feel that way. It's just, honestly, I think if any person of the same gender walked into a team randomly, you don't immediately feel like one of the team. Like it's, it's, it takes a while to like really get into that team's vibe and that culture and all, and it takes effort and definitely the effort was put in and by the end, I did feel very included, very involved and like could have those like jokes with folks, you know, like hang out and all, which is what you want. But like, I think it's really hard to just walk into any situation and like, yeah, you're one of us. You can't just say that. That's not how that ever goes. But every, everything that could have been done to try to help that along was done. And I super appreciated it and like super loved the time I got to spend practicing with them and like getting to play in that game and some of the opportunities that that's created not just for me but for lots of other people but yeah I totally worth it had no idea what the heck was going on back then honestly like what would come of that but it was kind of amazing to get to kind of have my name on that <laughs> forever at this point were there any moments with the crowd or like like I don't know if you saw a little girl and were like you can do this someday I don't know like <laughs> you always dream about that right of like and for anybody as a professional let alone as, as a woman like I just you know was there anything like that or was just like no I was just playing another frisbee game <laughs> well so during the game Definitely not. So I, I don't think I was fully prepared for how quickly an AUDL game goes on the field. That totally like blew me away as we were playing and like practices weren't like that. It was pretty bonkers. And like between the points that you do play, you're like meeting with your line preparing for the next point. So you're not even like watching the game like you do in a normal game. You're not helping as much as you're used to you don't have time to look out on the ground and find the little girl looking back on the field, you know? So I remember it being like an absolute whirlwind of like a two hour game in my head. But like I was talking about earlier, I get those like reminders of on my phone. So, so many years ago, I remember this moment. And one that always pops up is the pictures I took with like the players that I've coached or like my teammates. Uh, even one of my coworkers painted his entire chest read and wrote my name and number on his back but it's just like those things were pretty big to me kind of felt like it was an inspiration 
maybe not that guy, but to a lot of the, the players that I have coached or played with. So those are, those are pretty cool moments to look back on. And almost at this point, most of those people that those memories were with those pictures have eventually probably become like teammates on Phoenix and stuff like that at this point, which is always like my favorite part of coaching is like them kind of trickling up into the system where we get to be teammates. So we need to talk about coaching, but before that, let's wrap up the, so playing wise, you've been on Phoenix, obviously that's teams had a lot of awesome success. And then also uh, our very own Raleigh radiance, which started in, I guess, officially we were founded in 2018. Yeah. Cause we had our exhibition circle. We just played Nashville in 2018 and then the PUL started in 2019. So can you talk a little bit about just like what did you have a role in kind of the radiance being formed? What was like those experiences like? What was the the exhibition season like in 2018? And then what was it like actually joining the PUL in 2019? Yeah, so I was definitely in those conversations that like got the ball rolling on the original radiance team. I remember sitting in um, what's that clouds brewery in North Raleigh with like Mike and Becky and probably a bunch of other people too. And like debating where do we go with this? How do we how do we do this the right way? Which is like pretty much every conversation we had back then was like, how do we do this the right way? We want to do it. And like, we know we want to get out there and do something, but like, how do we do this the right way? And like, one thing that I, I always laugh at is like, I remember also having the conversation, like, what do we name it? <laughs> like, do we name it also flyers? Is it all just flyers? And then that got nixed and branding is hard. It's important yeah. though. Yeah. So who actually came up with the name? Cause I know people don't realize like the reason it's actually radiance is because a radiance is a flock of cardinals. So it actually kind of ties beautifully into like the flyers, but then it's also its own thing and it has its own colors. And I, I love it as a name. I think it works so well, but. Yeah, I, I love it. I really do. It. I think people that don't, don't know the backstory of like the definition of the name, we should probably do a better job of sharing that because I think it means so much more when you, you share the whole definition. But I, I, I want to say Becky Widmeyer is the one who, first like popped up with that name obviously we're like all on our phones googling things that fly probably and then like North Carolina things that fly anything but the Wright brothers but yeah and eventually we get to radiance I think the only thing we've ever posted about that was like the very first year a questionnaire that's like that's what this means (laughs) yeah no that's what I remembered from and being like that's awesome that makes so much sense nice I made that I made those little uh those blocks, those question block things that went on Instagram or something. Yeah. Well, and it worked because, and I was just, I had just moved from Texas that year too. So like that was as a new person coming in as a fan, like it was, it worked. So congratulations. Perfect. All of my uh, design and marketing background coming, coming to fruition there. From your your aerospace degree. Yeah. Yeah. I don't (laughs) have any design or marketing background. Okay. So you find the name and then I guess you've like reached out to Nashville or how did, how did the exhibition circuit that year kind of happen? There was this, there's this guy that used to own, might still own, I guess doesn't own because <laughs> the Nashville AUDL team doesn't exist anymore. He owned the AUDL team and I wish I remembered his name, but I think him and Mike stayed in touch a lot about it. Like, I think they had similar views of what could be done and knew that they already had a lot of the infrastructure in place with the AUDL teams. And so it just seemed like a natural way to do it. Like Nashville had enough women's interest. He had the resources and the same drive to get it done. And I think between Mike and this man, they were able to like organize a home and away. And so we had those. And we also had, <laughs> we had the the red and white scrimmage, which <laughs> might have been maybe the most miserable game of Honestly, you asked me or any of my teammates, our lives, it was pouring down rain and freezing cold. And we're like, oh yeah, come out and watch this new women's ultimate Frisbee team in the triangle in possibly the worst conditions you could watch any sport in. Go ahead. It'll be fun. Pay for it. So that was not maybe our most successful moment, but we also had the real games. So something for the fans, I guess. And then 2019, we joined the, the PUL. So what, obviously that really like formalizes it. We get some real games. We get an amazing game against uh, against Revolution, which we should have won, but we're not going to talk about that too much. And then we end up, you know, making all the way to semis. What was 2019 like um, as a player? Uh, it kind of felt like it legitimized a lot of the work that we had put in before that. And the year before, where it was just like 
something needs to happen. We need to like figure out a way to make this work. And 2019 sort of, it definitely legitimized that. Like, like this is real, this is official now. We're not like a sideshow, you know, there's like two exhibition games kind of feel sideshowy. Like even back-to-back games with the Flyers, it's kind of like the pre-show and the show. We kind of want to like not have that feeling either. Like the women's game is its own show. And like, we've, we've talked about this with the ownership and other teams and all, and like the players, everyone wants that. And 2019 gave us that feeling more. Yeah. I like personally side note, I, I hope the organization stay super close. Like, I think that's something that makes us special in a good way. Even if our games aren't back to back, I think, I think it's important for us to stay like one big, happy family. Even if we play on different days, who cares? Oh yeah, no, for sure. And I I think being able to share each other's stuff and branding together and making it all one big product. I mean, the fact that I can wear a hat that has a combination of both logos that says Raleigh pro ultimate on it is freaking awesome. Like I, yeah, yeah. no, I'm totally, I totally agree. So uh, I do want to ask you about your coaching because I think that's such a huge part of like your impact on the triangle and a lot of the teams. So can you talk a little bit about when did you start coaching? Why did you start coaching? And then kind of like where you've done that over the last kind of decade? Yeah, I started coaching at UNC uh, maybe seven years ago. I just make that number up. It could be plus or minus like one or two there. But honestly, the first year, I think I just got roped into it as like a backup to Jenny and Kate Leslie. Yeah, I had no idea what I was doing. And I was literally just like there being like, I guess I can give like individual feedback sometimes like that coach, you know, and uh, and probably didn't do that that often. It was just like absorbing most of the time. So that was year one. And then since then, I think I was assistant coach to Jenna the next year. And then I believe after that is when I like kind of took the lead on it going forward. But to be honest, like if, if I lost, if I had to pick one Frisbee thing to do going forward, it would be that, like I would drop playing and coach them going forward. That is like, of all the Frisbee that brings me the most joy. And maybe that sounds selfish, but it brings me the most joy to see them have the most fun. Uh, and that's like, I, I would pick that 10 out of 10 times. And honestly, it's like, I live vicariously through their experiences to get to be a super high level nationals ranking, like semis playing team every year. Okay. Knock on wood, not every year, uh, but hopefully every year. I, I freaking love coaching them. And again, like I said earlier, like getting to coach awesome players, either like not either, or, but just like great people and also great players or one or the other, whatever it is. And getting to like stay friends with them after they graduate or like the ones that I get to keep being teammates with, or the ones that I get to see grow up and do even more awesome things, like after they've left me, which like I could be jealous of, but I can also be so happy for them. Like Ann Worth made the WUG, whatever that is, the world's team last year. And like, that's huge. Like, I'm just so proud that like, I got to coach a kid that through four years of getting to know her five or six at this point, now she's a world's level player at the adult level. And she did all that with a, what, a broken arm or whatever she wasn't. She was playing <laughs> one armed at the tryout. Oh yeah. She broke her hand at a practice. We might've been scrimmaging. It was not, not important, like not a big deal at all. And she like sort of lays out and just crunches her hand under her body at practice. And yeah, it's just like a breathtaking, oh no, this is this is not going to go well moment. But she still made the team because she's that freaking good. Yeah, I can't. She's, and I'm assuming she's playing Radiance this year, so I can't wait to get to interview her. I definitely like, yeah. All right, on to specific questions because we finally <laughs> actually get to talk about real Frisbee that's happening in 2021. So that's Woo. so exciting. So we do have a team coming up for those who are uninitiated. So the PUL is kind of doing a condensed season this year. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't look like we're going to get to do any like home games or any kind of normal kind of exhibition or normal play. Um, but we are going to get, it looks like kind of three regionally level tournaments in on along the East coast for those who are, which are choosing to play or not along the East coast, I guess on the Eastern side of America. And then hopefully maybe there's going to be talks about winners of those coming together, finding, you know, four teams to play a championship event, still lots of kind of questions and logistics, figuring out 
Um, they've definitely been a little aggressive in the AUDL as far as they really wanted to make sure that they came back in a safe manner and, and did so equitably. So, but we're going to have a team. They're going to be, it's going to be really exciting. So just going into this year, what do you, Jesse, most want from the 2021 Radiance? So I think it's a little bit, it's just a different year, right? Like things kind of got announced a little late and the tournament is, there's not a ton of time between announcement tryouts practicing in in the tournament event this year so it's not it's not the same level of we're going for the championship also there is no official championship so like can't really target that in the same way so I think the big thing we're doing this year is just focusing on like bringing in the new folks to the program getting them looped into the systems and honestly having everybody like their foundation ready for the 2022 season, just because we expect that to look more like a traditional season where we can chase a championship. Yeah, absolutely. Is there a moment you're most looking forward to or have already been experiencing within the season? <laughs> yeah. If you asked me this five days ago, I was so freaking eager to get to our very first practice, but that was Monday. So now that that's out of the way, I think the big thing ahead is just the one event we get to go to. It's like traveling with the team, doing that again. It's been too long. <laughs> So this year, we're only looking like, for now anyway, that we're going to play New York and D.C. So is there any other teams, though, that in a dream world you would love to get to play um, if we're having a more normal regular season? Yeah, well, I think D.C. would be on my list regardless. Like, we haven't played them before, so they would be on that list for sure. Want to get a shot at them, especially given we, like, kind of share the mid-Atlantic-y region. But then if there were just one team I would get to play again, I would want to play Revolution again. I want, I want another chance to take them down. So any chance we get at that, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. You want a shot at the best. I, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, who is the best dancer on the Radiance this year? My answer is twofold. One is we just started getting to know each other, like got a handful of new people. So we'll be TBD on who this year's best dancer is. But if I had to go from years past, the one that I enjoy the most is uh, Rebecca Fagan and her just ridiculous variations of doing the worm. <laughs> Absolutely. Is there a funniest player on the Radiance? Like who's going to make you laugh? I'd also say we're not the most funny team of all time, (laughs) but give Beans the nod for being maybe the randomly most funny person. But if you know us at all, uh, it's Ashley is always the one coming in with like the, the puns that you can't help but laugh at. It's just like, oh, come on, Ashley. For the, those uninitiated, who is Bean? Beans, Amanda Murphy which I don't know that I've ever said her name out loud fully like that before. She's been around us for a while. She lives in DC now, still playing with us. Woo-hoo. Is there a player on the team that's new that you're most excited to get to know over the season? Most excited to get to know. Oh boy. We, we picked up a uh, Michaela Doobie uh, who has been around the ultimate scene around here for a while played with, um, super lame that one and she's super fun super fast and like already in just a short amount of time since tryouts and even before tryouts proven to be like an awesome teammate so i'm i'm really excited to have her on the team and get to know her more if there's one player you could trade to get from another franchise who would your trade target be yeah this was this was easy ina ina cartagena cartagena from uh revolution I've always admired the way she plays and she's pretty, okay. Everyone knows who she is. So I guess she can't claim to be unassuming anymore, but I feel like she's kind of that player that you don't pick out on a line to be like, Oh, watch out for her. You do now, but, and then she just wrecks you and like whatever you try to take away or like, you're like, Oh, I'm going to sacrifice this and take away this. She's going to wreck you there also, you know, like she's just really good at everything and she's so kind and like sweet after she just makes full of you on the field. And like, and I mean this in the most genuinely nice way. And you're just like, wow, she's awesome. I like just wish she were on my team instead. <laughs> if you could wave a magic wand and just like grant one player on the team, like the breakout season of their life, like they just peak in whatever they do. Who, who do you most want to like succeed this year? Who do you most want? Like, who do you think fans should be watching for? I don't think it's going to take a magic wand for this to happen. I think it's going to happen anyway, but I think that person is Don Colton and people might be like, 
oh, that's a dumb pick, Jesse, because she's already that good. And it's like, I don't think people have seen Dawn like just own a field yet. And I think she's reached the point where she's going to do that this time. Uh, and she's going to have the space on our team. And I mean, she's going to be the best player on just about any field she steps onto going forward. I don't know that name. So who is she? Where is really? she? Yeah, uh, I don't. I feel, I feel you wrong. need to know that name. Don't. She's a UNC kid. She's going into her senior season at UNC this year. She played high school ultimate in the triangle. She was on the U20 Worlds team a couple years ago. She's been on Phoenix since her like freshman year at UNC. But she's always been that player. You're like, she's just really fast and we can like, count on her on defense and stuff like that. And you kind of just like plug her in that box. And I really think this year it's like Dawn is coming out of that box. <laughs> like you, you can't put her in a hole anymore. Like she's going to go crazy out there. That's awesome. If you, Jesse Jones were drafted into another franchise, so you don't get to play for the radiance. I know getting out of North Carolina is not on the agenda, but let's just imagine an alternate reality where that's possible. Uh, where do you most, where do you most want to play for? Maybe it's like location wise. You just think that would be a cool city to play for. Or maybe it's like the team vibe that you've been a part of, or you like their brand. So where, where would you want to play? Yeah, you're right. I, I don't necessarily want to leave North Carolina. <laughs> so that's still number one pick. But uh, I think the only thing that could draw me to another team is, uh, all honesty, I, I looked up where Gridlock plays in New York or where we might play this event. And it's like on the waterfront, this like ridiculous looking turf field, beautiful backdrop. So I think if, if I got to play all my games there, I'd be pretty happy playing for gridlock. <laughs> What's the number one skill that you want to work on this season for you? Yeah, I'm pretty focused on in like the preseason and all been pretty focused on um, the defensive side of things, which is, I guess, <laughs> different than normal for me. So being able to apply more pressure, which has a lot to do with me just gaining more speed and quickness is a lot of it. Positioning is obviously part of it, but just <laughs> not being dusted by faster people is also important. Uh, but that's, that's my big focus. What's your biggest hot take for the upcoming season? Give us the spiciest thing, make it controversial, hurt some people's opinions or hurt some people's egos. Like what's your hot take for the PUL season for this year? Yeah. I feel like it's hard for a hot take for a season that doesn't even have a championship, but uh, the, the, after looking at the teams that are participating this year and uh, how we're segmented out, I think the, the group that radiance is in is like the top trio of teams participating this year so i think if it goes the way it's planned and one team per each grouping were to go to finals i i still think our group of three would have been stronger than that finals three i take that's pretty sizzling which would be dc raleigh and new york i don't know though like revo austin and atlanta would be pretty good it really depends on the rosters but like yeah revolution hmm. could uh probably would change that that hot take up but i'm sticking with it I think we got their number this time. I think so too. How, so we, we've already talked extensively about, you know, your club experience and then you did get to play with the Flyers for you. So just like, how is the pro experience different than club Ben for you? Yeah, I think the, the big thing that stands out is the difference. And that's what we talked about a lot in originally like creating the team is like the way the players are treated and <laughs> I want to be careful. That doesn't mean like club players are treated poorly. It's just that club players basically have to take care of themselves. And that's how that works. You pay for yourself. You take care of everything yourself. You plan it. There's a logistics person and all that. And, and in playing for Radiance and being part of like the, the group that kind of got this off the ground, it was really important to us that if you were a player on the team, you shouldn't be concerned with anything other than being the best player you can be for the team. So all you have to do is show up to be picked up in a car to be taken to a tournament and fed and your lodging is handled for you. Like someone hands you a key to a room and that's like all you have to deal with and all of that, all of those kinds of things. And so like to me, that's a huge difference and, and being super intentional about those things so that the players, they feel professional, they feel semi-pro, whatever you want to call it. But like, they notice that this is an entirely different experience than club. So that's like the one thing that we've focused a lot on in the past. Like it's important to me and in the club 
in the past, I guess the, the professional team radiance in the past, like professional teams don't sleep on friends couches at a game day weekend. And so like, that was not an option that was never on the table for how we were going to approach a weekend, but like, and that was important. But then if you look at club, it's like, sometimes the fun part of being on a club team is that you're staying with your friend and like sleeping on their couch. And so like, to me, those are two totally different vibes and like they create two totally different atmospheres and there's like pros and cons of each. So it's kind of cool to kind of exist in both of those and, and both have their fun parts and and you just, you just treat it differently. It's, it's pretty neat. Absolutely. All right. So moving to ultimate kind of generally, so getting out of professional, the professional world or the club world, just kind of talking about ultimate in general. So you've now been playing since 2008. Obviously there's been a lot of changes within USAU, within the club scene in general, let alone the pro scene. So just like in the time you've played since 2008, how have you seen the game of ultimate itself develop or change the most? I'll, I'll speak more specifically about like how it's changed for the, the teams around here, I guess. Um, I guess that's what stands out to me the most is I remember starting to play in college and the first few years of Phoenix. And we had general theories of like what we wanted to accomplish on the field. Um, and I think I, I don't, I can't speak for everyone else. I don't know if that's how it was on other teams, but over like the past, what, 12 years, there's been so much more like specific design as to how to like play the game. Like every bit of it is analyzed and people watch film over and over and over again, which is itself like a development in the game. There is a film of every single thing. And like, we can film a practice anytime we want and have it ready in like three hours to review. Um, so that that's alone a huge advancement. But we we have like structures and systems and like design for just about every circumstance that you can go into and like everything is played within that system. And that, that to me is like a huge advancement from where I'll just call it women's ultimate and the triangle was 12 years ago. Cause it used to just be like flow together and like try to score, you know, like play team defense. And I don't know, we had zones and we had like, we forced, both ways and we force middle and all that like that all existed but like the offensive structures like that has come so far in my opinion uh at least in the the realm that i exist in have you thought about what the next step is like where where are we going to be in in 10 years obviously i don't know if you'll be playing at the highest level by then but (laughs) at masters of course or grandmasters but like just like where you're going to be coaching i would assume for a while so like where do you see the next step in the evolution of the game being that's tough I feel like the all around the, the actual like athletes that play the game are advancing a lot from where they were 10 years ago too. like your your average we'll call it college player at this point is honestly like such a significantly better athlete than they were 10 years ago in, in every division and so I'm not sure I'm not, like we're now working with like way better tools than we had in the past to do simple things like throw a piece of plastic so I'm not sure how that's going to go, but it's pretty exciting. So what's the best trip you've ever had for Frisbee? Yeah. So I'm going to say the best trip I've ever had is a combination of one trip done, I think one, two, four times. (laughs) So going to the TEP tournament in Columbia, um, I've been now, I think with Showdown, Riot, Ozone, and Phoenix all separately, Um, just and that is all a result of having buddies on different teams after the U23 like experience. And just like, hey, we need extra players. And they just go ask their U23 pals. And I'm like, yes, always in for that. Yeah, definitely best trip. That trip has come up several times in interviews. Like anyone who's ever been to TEP is always like, oh yeah, TEP. I'm like, I kind of desperately want to go now because it just sounds you like should. a dream. What is the best part of your game as an ultimate player? I guess like one of my bigger strengths as a player is, is there's like throwing skill. Uh, so the strength of my game would be being able to like use that to my team's advantage. Right. So finding ways to make the field bigger for my teammates. And so I feel like that's like, well, just like side note here, like a difference in the men's and women's game is when you watch a men's game, like so many more spaces are typically available to attack because the throwers have 
bigger range of throws, just like generally more strength perhaps. Uh, so that's like one of the things that I like to be able to provide my teammates who are like doing all the legwork out there is like being able to let them use those big empty spaces and like let Ann Worth go chase one down into that big empty space. And she's going to win that battle every time. All I have to do is put it in a place where she can go win that race. So I think that's probably my, my strength. <laughs> Jesse bombs. It's going to be a hashtag. We're going to make it a thing. Part of the brand. <laughs> Uh, what is your favorite Frisbee team or game that you've ever watched that you were not in? <laughs> so maybe this is just like, because it's one of the most recent things and most recent being like almost two years ago. Now, the, my favorite one to think about is the UNC girls Pleiades getting to play in semis of college nationals. I was like this huge moment that, that we all felt like the team should have been in right like they were good enough to be in that moment they deserve to be in that moment they earned it and we got there like the game didn't obviously go the way we had hoped we didn't make it to finals but like getting to that moment and like living through that experience with them was the best <laughs> uh what's the worst ultimate game you've ever played in and you can define worst however you want uh worst ultimate game i've ever played in i think i already i already spoke about i called it maybe the worst one earlier Okay, so two, I'll give two. One was that Radiance red and white game in pouring down ice cold rain for like a scrimmage showcase setting, which is just like, no, it was awful. Like you couldn't feel your fingers, you couldn't feel your toes. Even worse though, the Flyers had to play a real game after that. So I think that's probably worse for them. But then like the next worst experience is maybe the entirely opposite uh, environment of playing on turf at Colorado Cup. Like, mid to late day it was an important game we were playing scandal and they moved us up to some turf field which we didn't even know they had turf fields at the complex and all of a sudden we're on turf fields and like people's cleat bottoms are melting off their shoes it's so hot and like on the sideline between points like you'd run out there play your point and you run back to the tent between points and we'd have frisbees with water and ice in them to like set your cleats into why you weren't playing so that you could cool them down so you're basically your feet wouldn't melt off. So that, that ranks up there pretty high and terrible. <laughs> it's like, it's so hard because you're trying to focus on every other thing, but when your feet are burning, we, for college regionals, we had two experiences where they put us on absolutely burning searing turf. And it just like, it's so miserable. Yeah. And then you're looking at your cleats and you're like, they're permanently. Damaged. Yeah. It's like hundred dollar shoes in their one game and they're done. Like you're kidding me. Right. <laughs> Ugh, yeah. Uh, do you have any tips for new players or maybe like, like players who've been playing for a while, but want to take like the next step up for elite ultimate? Uh, especially for a new player. So we get this every year in the fall at, at UNC is grab a Frisbee, steal a Frisbee from the team disc bag. Honestly, if they care about you, they'll give you one and then throw all the time, drag every person, you know, out to throw all the time. Like that's the fastest way you'll be useful on the field is if you aren't an immediate turnover, if you catch the Frisbee. So know how to throw. And then like the next step is play all the time. The, and I speak from like the group that I work with the most. So like the UNC players play all the time. They practice three to four times a week officially. Then they have their club teams and they have their pro teams. And then basically any night that they're not doing those things and probably on the same days that they are doing those things, they're playing mini together. So that they, they literally play all the time and they are the best players in the triangle by far. So the, it kind of plays out that, that, that theory works. And then just like the, the habit that I like to tell players and they're like, I really want to get better at this, or I really want to get better at that. Or like, how do I know what to work on? I'm just go watch some Frisbee pick any game anywhere, any film, it's all, there's tons of free stuff online. And then just like pick a player. You're like, wow, I like how they do that. You don't have to know who they are. You don't have to know them at all. Just like, I'm going to learn how to throw a backhand. Like Luke throws a backhand and then just get really good at Luke's backhand. You know, like you now have a new skill and then go on, find your next person. Like, I really like the way Ann Worth cuts deep. Like go watch her make a few cuts deep and like practice those moves, you know, like that learn one skill at a time, take it from a bunch of players, and then you'll be this combination of all the greatest features of a bunch of players. All right. We're going to move to our, our last big section, which is the give and go section. So we're going to do quick, short answers. 
If you have something really good, you can elaborate, but we're going to try and just rip through these because they're fun. It's a great way to get to know you. Some of them are serious. Some of them are not. So let's do some give and go. You ready? Yeah, ready. All right. First question. Would you rather get the bidding under D to get the turn or get a huge sky upwind for the score? Uh, we'll go bidding under for the D. Okay. Definition of a great teammate. Uh, supportive, but still challenge you to be your best, but also kind of funny. <laughs> scuba or hammer? Right now, scuba. <laughs> yeah, okay. Flick or backhand? Flick. What is your favorite cereal? I only have honeycomb in the pantry at the moment. So we'll go honeycomb. Oh, that's the best. Oh my God. I eat that in two <laughs> sittings. It's awful how fast I eat that cereal. It's a dessert in my pantry, not a, not a breakfast cereal. <laughs> I died. I totally agree. Uh, who inspires you? Uh, I'll say my big brother real quick. He, um, he basically is like an endurance sports athlete, like runs long distances, super fast bikes, He's been like a professional mountain biker, professional like road bike racer. His grit and stuff in athletic endeavors is quite inspiring to me. He inspired me to run my first half marathon recently. So what half marathon did you run? I ran the tobacco road half marathon. I actually signed up for it in 20. I was supposed to do it in the year that COVID hit 20, 2020. And then it got delayed. So I just did it like a month ago. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thanks. It was miserable, but I'm glad I did. <laughs> Summer or winter? Definitely winter. Really? Why? It's so hot. I, I like, I just, the hot is awful. The hot and humid is miserable. But you never want to move out of North Carolina? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Spring or fall? A fall. <laughs> it's closer to winter. It's coming soon. <laughs> Hamburger, hot dog, or tacos? I'm going to go none of the above and say nachos. That seems like similar, but different. No, I love that. Nachos. What do you put on your nachos? Everything. I'm, I'm a tortilla chips. Like it's my favorite food. So <laughs> what is your favorite offense to run as a player? Well, I don't think we run the motion offense quite as it's scripted for the, the men's teams around here. I think we run something in between a host stack and a motion offense. But that's, that's my favorite thing because we're good at it and it's fun. <laughs> What's your favorite defense to run as a player? Uh, any type of like zone that traps someone on the sideline, like any like roller pull, trap them on the sideline, get a quick turn. That's, that's the best. What's the most satisfying win you've ever had with an ultimate? Winning Worlds games, like Worlds for gold medals were cool, but sometimes like lesser moments are more satisfying. So I think of recent memory, some cool ones I have are the scandal win in uh, quarters at nationals in 2019 was pretty sweet. And the PUL semis win was pretty sweet, like getting to do that in the first year. Uh, what is the best post-game or post-tournament meal? I'm going to go like Thai coconut curry. Our team is big into like Asian food as the post-game, post-tournament meal. So where where would you go to get that? Oh, there's always someone, as soon as a game ends, someone is on, is on their phone searching for a place to get Thai food. It's like a guarantee. Got it. But they're usually the restaurants that take like two hours to serve you food and everyone's just like hangry by the time we get our food, but it's fine. <laughs> so for the Radiance, we need to find like a Thai like sponsor. Is that the play? And like make sure yes. that we ahead of time. Absolutely. All right. We got to make that happen. I feel like any, if there are any Thai owners listening to this podcast in the Triangle area, please hook us up. We would love to make you sponsor and hook you up with gear and figure out something. Charmander, Squirtle, or Bulbasaur? We'll go Charmander because red and red hair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, go to Spike on a big score. Although I know you like to throw them more than you like to catch them. <laughs> uh, Spike, not a big slam the disc down kind of person. I kind of like the toss and run to your teammates. Just like flick it up in the air and run to your teammates. Yeah. Best pregame tune to get you in the right headspace. <laughs> I'm absolutely not the right person to be picking music for a team. <laughs> so whatever my teammates have on is fine with me, except only once I've told them uh, no more of this cuss rap stuff. And they laughed at me for a while. So <laughs> I think it's because I called it cuss rap. <laughs> cuss rap. That's a genre for sure. <laughs> All right. Last thing we'll do. Uh, I like to give you guys a shout out to just anyone in the, 
anyone you want to in your life. So it could be a family member. It could be someone in the community. It could be Frisbee related. It could be non-Frisbee related. Just like who would you want to give a shout out to on the pod, you know, make it official. Oh boy. Uh, you know, seems like the right thing to do to shout out my family uh, for putting up with me disappearing for like the last 10 years. And then we finally got a year together last year where I spent a lot of time with them. So that's super fun. Yeah. And for like supporting my very oddball interests in life. So they're the best. Sounds like it. All right, Jesse, thank you so much for, you've been more than generous with your time. Uh, thanks for coming on the pod. Um, for everybody, we're going to be looking out for more information on the PUL season. Uh, hopefully by the time this pod comes out, you guys will have more, but we're excited to see the Radiance take the fields for 2021 and obviously moving forward, hopefully into a more normal where we get to really actually get some home games. So thanks for coming on today. Big thanks again to Jesse Jones for coming on the pod. Our sound editor is Mr. Jonathan Liu, music by Kai Mosco. And I'm your host, Luke Mead, and this has been the Raleigh Pro Ultimate Podcast. We'll see you next time.